Good morning. You know, as I was sitting there and just thinking about us gathered together, for some reason my mind went to my neighbor, who's a really nice guy, good guy, um, uh, but they don't go to church. And I was thinking that all of us know people that we that we uh, we appreciate, love, we just uh, really really look to them and we say, God, thank you for having them in my life. But uh, there are so many people we know that don't go to church. And I think of you guys coming together, choosing. You could be doing a lot of things, but you've chosen to be here to worship God. And uh, I, thought, I think that's just so wonderful, and may God just honor you and bless you for that. Let's start off. I just have, We have a connection card in front of you, in your pews, in the, the slot in front of you, uh, in your pew. There are connection cards. I invite you to take one out and to to fill out as much as you like, and uh, you can just leave it on your pew, and we'll collect it later on. On the back of the card, there's ways you can communicate to us, have any questions, any way we can be of service to you. Just mark that on your connection card. As you're doing that, let me remind you of some things that are coming up uh, uh, announcement-wise. Uh, we have a General Assembly coming up. General Assembly means that uh, we are hosting um, representative delegates from the 15 other churches in this conference that we're in. You'll see that announcement on the back of your bulletin here. It's July 14th and 15th. That's a Friday and Saturday. And because we're the host church, I, we want to invite you, any of you, to attend. We have certain official delegates from this church that are going to have voting power, but you as a congregation are, are, are invited to attend any part, as much or as little of this conference that you like. And all you have to do, we ask you to sign up because we do serve uh, 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 breakfast. Oh, no, we're serving lunch and dinner on Friday and, and lunch on Saturday. And you're, you are completely, you know, utterly just encouraged to join and, 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 and meet people from other churches and have a meal together with them and, and just be a part of that, that assembly. So if, if you can make it and you'd love to do, like to do that, just sign up at the pretzel, pretzel kiosk where we have a sign-up sheet. Okay, keep that in mind. Also, today is the day for our West Coast Showcase auditions. Okay. Tina, where are you going to have that? It'll be here? Okay, right after service? 12.30, okay. Our auditions today at 12.30. Uh, also today at 12.30, we're going to have a meeting for those who are going to be attending the church beach outing. That, is, that will be a week from today, next, uh, next week, Sunday. So a beach outing meeting for those who are going to the beach. And uh, just a reminder that next Sunday is also our dads and grads. In other words, we're going to honor our, our fathers and also honor the grads of our church. Okay, if you have your Bible, I'd like to I invite you to open up to the book of Ephesians. We're still plugging away through the book of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. And uh, we're going to hit a section today that's a very practical sec section in many ways. And you're going to say, man, we've talked about this before, haven't we? And you're absolutely right. And I'll tell you later on why. But here we go, Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read just a couple of verses, just kind of give us a little taste. It's almost like, like at Costco, you know, you get that little taste and say, come on, buy it now. You, you tasted it. It's right over here. So let me give you a little taste of Ephesians 4, reading verses 31 and 32. Paul wrote this to the Christians in the church in Ephesus. 
Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Let's pray. Father, as we open your word, Father, your word just stands for all eternity. And Lord, the truth that was spoken by Paul and written down on the, on the, on the, in this letter to the church in Ephesus is as real and truthful then as it is today as it was then. So bless this, Father, to our hearts. Teach us your ways. Uh, you know where each one of us is, Lord. Meet us where we're at and help your truth to penetrate our hearts and minds uh, that we may be more like Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, old, getting old is a bummer. Greed? Guys agree? That's, you know, when you, as you get older, you know, your life changes and you got to adjust things. You're always adjusting things. You can't do this, you can't do that. You know, take for example, I used to drink much more, I used to drink a um, Diet Coke pretty regularly. You know, I would stop for the gas at some AMPM. I'd be maybe on my way down to Southern Orange County or something. And so I get one of these big old giant cups, you know, something enough to fill up a small fish bowl. And, and, and it wasn't because I was so thirsty. It was because I wanted to have something just to do as I'm driving, to sip on this thing and just keep on driving and get to where I'm supposed to get to. Why did I give it up? I gave it up because of kidney stones. For me, cola stimulates my body to produce a certain type of kidney stone. Now, if you've had kidney stones, guys, if you've had a kidney stone, you know that you'd do anything it takes to not have them. They're terrible. So today, when I want to drive something, I'm going for a long drive, I'm drinking water, I'm drinking tea. So in other words, I, I replace the bad with the better. I'm kind of filling that void, I'm filling that gap with something better. We can see that I've, I've kind of traded up. You know, the Christian life, when you really think about it, when you think about your life before Christ and what Christ is is saying you should be today, now that you have them in your life, the Christian life is that, is that always trading up. We're trying to trade up in life. Today, we'll return to Paul's letter, his letter to the church in Ephesus, and continue the theme of being more like Jesus. Realize that's, that's really the bottom line of what Paul writes about in so many of his letters, that we be more like Jesus. And in in, in what the world sees, they're seeing more and more of, a, of Jesus in us. And so we're going to return to that. And, and in, in this text today, we're, Paul's talking about this whole process of trading up. The trading up in a very practical way. So if you have your Bible, let's return to Ephesians chapter 4. And, and we're going to just read right now a, a one verse. But it's, this is talking about the tongue. Now you're going to say, wait a minute, we've talked about this before. Yes, we have. Um, you know, through the Bible, it talks about the tongue and the things we say. And I think it repeats itself because God knows that we have a problem with this. And a lot of times when we hear something first from the Bible, we, we don't do anything about it. And so 
If you're saying, wow, do I have a problem here? Is this something I need to, to think about? Yes. So here we go. Let's look at verse 29 of Ephesians chapter 4. Paul writes, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. See, in this portion of Paul's letter, he writes about the tongue. And, and when we think of the tongue, it's that little, just that little thing in our mouth, you know? But, but, but Paul is talking about how much trouble that can cause us. The Bible says that that tongue that you have in your mouth, that little, that little wiggly thing, at one moment can be praising God, and the very next moment can be cursing its neighbor. The Bible tells us that, that the tongue can break up families. The tongue can, can divide churches. The tongue can actually cause wars and separate nations. See, God has given Paul, I believe, a real special insight into talking about many things, and one of them is the tongue and what comes out of our mouth. In this text, Paul isn't addressing talk which can be divisive and destructive, even though we know some of the things we can say can be destructive and cause separation and division amongst people we know. But the kind of speech that Paul is talking about here in this text has to do with speech and words that we would consider, or God would consider, inappropriate. Speech that is not glorifying to God. Now that's a little different. That's a little different than, than attacking and dividing and destructing, you know. But this is talking about inappropriate talk. Paul wrote, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. That's a little different category. And that one is one that many times we can slip up on quite a bit. Unwholesome. We can describe that word as, as words or expressions or, or, or stories or even jokes, which can be deemed off-color, maybe, maybe slanderous or, or maybe just plain old crass. It may be normal talk for maybe in the locker room, maybe talk amongst your guys when you're together or, or, or at your workplace, you know. But it's not appropriate for anyone who has Jesus Christ in their life. And that's something that you have to be aware of and think about and say, hey, what is coming out of my mouth? It may not be destructive and hurtful, but maybe it's something that when people hear it, they're kind of taken back a little bit because they know that you are a Christian. You know, for some of you, you're so nice. You don't have any, you know, this isn't a problem. But if you're like me, then you, you have to be on guard. If you're like the rest of us that aren't really, really nice, then you've got to be on guard and you have to think about it. You've got to give that moment before maybe you respond. Or give that extra moment before you just laugh about this story that really is so off color. You have to give that moment of thought before you open your mouth. I love the verse. We need to remember Proverbs 17, 28. 
I, 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 I try to remember this verse so often, especially when I'm in groups. Sometimes when I'm even with you guys in a committee, even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent. So you got him fooled. Yeah. You, you, what the Bible is saying that, you know, sometimes we just need to keep our mouths shut. And it blesses those around us. And so what we're talking about here is what? Our theme, basically, is to trade up. Paul wrote, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Paul saying, now, you can talk this way, or you can talk this way. And he's saying the way God wants you to talk are words and, and things that build people up. See, a lot of times we don't think about that. We're just thinking about either communicating information, communicating our opinion, in a, in a situation, but to actually consciously choose words and to deal with conversations in a way that will build up the listener. See, that is so different than how our minds work so many times. See, I confess I have a split personality. I am more conscious of what I say here than when I'm at home. It's kind of hypocritical. No, it isn't kind of. It is hypocritical. Okay? I, 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 I'm, I, I'm just a little bit less guarded at home. My kids know this. I think my kids laugh sometimes. I say, Dad, you're a pastor. Come on. <laughs> you know, frankly, I don't think of myself as a pastor most of the time. I just think of myself as a layman that stands up here. <laughs> but a lot of times we, we forget that no matter where we're at, whether we're at church and sitting down with people at lunch, or whether we're at home sitting with just immediate family and people who know us so well, that God wants a consistency in our life because that's how we are to be. We are to be that child of God everywhere. And you know, you never know. Even the closest person to you, your own kids, your, your sibling, your, your best friend. They may be sitting there, and, when you're, and the things that are coming into your mouth could be either building them up or tearing them down or saying, hey, is Christianity real? So, so everything we want, we want to be glorifying to God. And if it isn't, then shame on you. Shame on me. Shame on all of us. It's just like what Ram shared today. Isn't that that whole, that whole thought of how much Jesus has given for us so we can live that different life, so we can be different than the world, so we don't just, just go with the flow of society, but we can be different. We can be a light in that darkness. That's what the Bible's talking about. And speech, what comes out of our mouth is part of it. God wants us to build up each other with words of, 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 that are gracious and encouraging and, and honoring to God. And that takes a real conscious effort for most of us. We are to be that glimpse. We are to be that, that fragrance of God when we, when we go in the presence of people and enter that room and, and, and when you, you walk in and there you are and your presence is supposed to be that representation of God. That's pretty heavy when you think about it. 
That's how it is. We need to trade up. When we trade up, our lives will show it. Let's go on. Look at verse 30. Here's Paul in, in chapter 4, verse 30. He says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. See, Paul reminds us that when we talk off color, we do things that tear down people. When we use words that are not a good testimony for him, we run the risk of grieving the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Bible talks about, very clearly resides in each of us. Our body is a temple of God, temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not an influence, but the Holy Spirit is a person. When we talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the personhood of God. God the Holy Spirit. Now, how do we grieve him? Well, let's think about this. Have you ever been really disappointed with someone and it isn't because they let you down or they hurt you or whatever, but it's because of your love for them and you wished they were better. They're living that better life or you wished it was going better. They were, they're showing this quality that is more like God. You just wish better for them. See, that's how the Holy Spirit is in us. God's love in us is one that, that when we are not living that life for, for God, when we're not that example of that, of that Christ-like life in, on this earth, we grieve the Holy Spirit because he wants and expects more from us. That's love. It isn't condemnation. It's love. That's the motivation here. Let's talk about something that we can all relate to. I just did it not long ago. We want to clean out our closets. Look at verse 31, Ephesians 4.31. Paul gets really strong here. These are strong words when you break it down in original language. It says, get rid, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of malice. Yeah, that's a real, that's a real list there. Okay. Now you're thinking, okay, well, that sounds pretty good. I don't, I don't like any of those things, but, but let's think about this. I want, as I describe each one, I want you to think about yourself. I want you to think about if any of these things are things that enter your life, can trip you up, that cause you to be contrary to what Paul is saying here. Because he's saying, get rid of these things out of your life. And it isn't a one-time deal. Because as we live on this earth, we've got to always desire to get rid of these things out of our life. Let's go on. Let's talk about this. When we talk about getting rid of these things, it's almost like a closet. You ever go to your closet and you see clothing that, that, that maybe you've hung on to for so long? Why? Because at one time you thought you looked good in it. Okay? But you don't look good in it anymore. You're, it doesn't fit you, right? It's, it's not like that, right? Maybe even the colors are really weird now, okay? But it doesn't fit you. It fits the old you, but it doesn't fit the new you. So Paul's saying, come on, man, get rid of it. Throw it in that bag. 
Get it out of your house. What's he talking about? Bitterness. What is that? That's that smoldering resentment that prevents forgiveness. It's there. And it's just like a fire that hasn't gone completely out. There's still that heat. There's still that, those fumes that come from it. It's just smoldering there. But what it does, it keeps you from truly forgiving that person. Rage. We see it on the freeway sometimes. Wow, it's an outburst of anger. Tinter tantrum. Something happens and boom, you flip. And you are suddenly a different person. Words are coming out of your mouth that you didn't even know you knew. People around you say, what? You know? Rage. Yeah, you're driving along the 605. Someone cuts in front of you. All of a sudden, some comes out of your mouth. Oh, my gosh. What was that? Okay. It's, it's, that, it's that sudden, unbridled reaction that sometimes can lead to violence. We have anger, that presence of hostility that creates this con- sometimes moodiness and grouchiness or, or maybe even just a, a constant just sense, I got this against that person. You know, I had this in Brazil. There was a, um, I was dealing with a family uh, in the church I was, I was, I was uh, uh, working in in Brazil, and I was dealing with a very severe case of incest, father-daughter. And it was one that, it was in a very small community, and there were, there were people, I just had to keep this so confidential, and my mission uh, leadership came and visited me. He took me aside and said, hey, what's going on? Everything Okay. Anything you're dealing with that I should know about? And I really wrestled with it. And I said, you know, I'm going to share something with you, but you've got to keep it confidential. So I shared about this, about this situation I'm dealing with in this family. The father was actually the deacon in my church. And I'm dealing with this, and he's just listening. And I said, no, nah, please, that's between you and I. Pray for me on this because I'm taking it step by step. It's okay. Next thing I know, a missionary comes to me and said, hey, I didn't know you were dealing with that. Man, did I hold that grudge. I went all the way back to Philadelphia to my headquarters, and I, I just yelled at our president. I said, how dare he do that? And I was angry. I was really, really mad. But I got over. I saw him years later. Brawling, aggressive bickering, aggressive shouting, uncontrolled temper. Again, brawling. You, when you think of brawling, you think of someone who's really mixing it up. Someone who sometimes at times has that short fuse and, and they're ready to just get into it. You don't want to be like that. That is so dangerous in this world. But what a terrible testimony for the Lord. Slander, speaking bad about someone, discoloring the information that we share with some, about someone with someone else. And purposely you're, you're throwing these little things in there that kind of twist it and make that person look unfavorable. There used to be a, a Christian uh, um, program uh, led by a man named Bill Gothard, and he used to call it giving an evil report. An evil report means that you're talking about someone, and maybe it sounds like you're being very sympathetic and, and, and encouraging, but you're actually using words that are, are, are discoloring that person in the eyes of the person you're talking to. Giving an evil report, slander. And then Paul goes on and says, malice. This is the root of a lot of what's above. Because malice has to do with that meanness that a person can have. And you've met people like that. Matter of fact, in school, what are they talking about? Bullying. 
We're talking about this mean-spiritedness, being having, having that, 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 that wishing bad on someone and going after people. And, and, and it's, it's, it, you know, this, this can go on and on when you think about it. See, the bottom line is that when we go over these things in the Bible, you can't just take it and think it's out there. I take it that every one of you are here because God's saying you need to hear this. Every one of you are here because there's something here you need to hear. I don't know what it is, but there's, you want to be able to, to look at your life and say, yeah, how can I be more like Christ with what I'm hearing? Because all this is so familiar. Sometimes it takes a while for us to, hear, to really move on something. We've got to hear it over and over and over again, Right? I was in, when I was at, uh, in seminary, they were talking about some of the hardest groups to, to share, the, share Jesus with, the hardest groups of people who come to the Lord. And some groups, some, some nationalities in the world, for them to actually come to a real saving knowledge of the Lord where they are actually starting to live their, the Christian life, they have to accept Christ five times. You know, that's how it is. That's the average for some countries accept Jesus five times before you actually start to see that person choosing to live like a Christian. And, you know, and, and we as Christians are kind of like that because there's some things that we just hang on to that we got to get rid of. And we got to hear it over and over and over again until we finally do say, yeah, Lord, help me get rid of this. See, the hard thing is when we start talking about these things of our old life, most times you will find people in the world that say, yeah, don't forgive them, get even. Don't forgive them. How, what, they did that to you? Oh, man, you know what I do? You know, they're backing you up to keep going that natural response. What the Bible is saying, and what Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, is that God is looking for a supernatural response from you. And that's talking about trading up to choose to trade up. Look at verse 32. Paul wrote in 32. Now here's the flip side, right? You're trading up. Be with, let's see, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Look at these, these, these three, and they're, they're really, they're really, you live this, People look so differently at you. Look at this. Be kind. The Greek word here is Christoi. And this word literally means to fit a need. What Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus, hey, you want to be kind? You know what you have to do? You've got to understand the people around you. And you want to show kindness to someone? that understand their need. And you try to fill that need for them. Wow. Think about that. To be kind in a way that's really meaningful to fill that need in their life. Be kind. Be unselfish. Right? It's that demonstration of, of, of loving someone to go out of your way. You know, God gave us what we needed, right? Because the Bible says so clearly that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, Paul goes on. Be compassionate. When we look at the original word here in the Greek, this word is only used one other time in the New Testament. I think it's First Peter. And what it is, it speaks of an inner emotion of, a, of affection that motivates action. 
We're not talking about sympathy. We're not talking about empathy. We're talking about where you see this situation, you understand what's going on in this person's life, and, it goes, and you take it in, and it motivates you through action to do something about it. That's the kind of compassion Paul is talking about here. It isn't lip service. It isn't good thought. It's doing something. The last one, be forgiving. The literal meaning of this word in the original language is to be gracious. And we know that grace is an incredible word for us Christians, right? Because we're saved by grace. We receive something we don't deserve. We don't deserve salvation, but we got it. Right? To be gracious and forgiving means that instead of reacting to the person like they deserve, you did that to me? Oh my gosh, you said that to me? And you just respond, and you're giving them what you think they deserve. To be gracious is to not give them that, but to give them something they don't deserve. And that is forgiveness. Doesn't that put a whole different flip on things? See, that's responding in a supernatural way, not a natural way. That's what Paul is recommending to the believers there in Ephesus. He concludes in chapter 5, 1 and 2. Let me just read this. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly beloved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Oh my gosh, you know, I read that and that is so heavy. It seems so nice and flowery, but it isn't. Be imitators of God. Oh, the more you know the Bible, the more accountable you are, right? And if you know how Jesus' life was when he was ministering on earth, and, you, and, and Paul saying, you know what? You've got to be like that. Wow. How in the world can anyone be like that? Well, this is what Jesus said one time. If anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it will be You want to be more like Jesus? You got something that you've been carrying around for you for years and years and years? Maybe you're like the, one, of my, one of my uncles who hated his brother all his life because he dated his, this other girl, his girlfriend back when they were teens. You can, you can carry stuff with you and it could weigh you down. But what this is saying, what Jesus is telling us, if we have persistent faith that no matter how long you haven't been able to trade up in a certain area of your life. That no matter how long bitterness or anger has just badgered you and pulled you down, you start to believe and you keep believing that God can do that new work in you. You do your side, you choose the change, and you want to change with all your heart. He'll do his side, he'll give you that strength and the ability to do that, and he'll help you. To trade up. And Paul understood this because this is what he wrote to the church in Philippi. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Let's pray.
Father, you know how tough it is for us to, 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 to live that life you're asking us to live. But Father, we know that it just takes that constant heart's choice to be like Jesus. And Lord, that transformation, we're already new inside. We need to work out that newness into our lives. Help us to do that, Lord. Help us to want to be different in this tough world. Help us to trade up. Assess in Jesus' name.